March 2012 saw the release of Silent Hill Downpour, arguably the last mainline game in the Silent Hill series. At the time, I was a college student running a games review blog I called The Gaming Muse. Silent Hill was relatively new to me, and it would be this game that stood out to me more than any other. I don't remember the bugs and glitches that hounded so many others. What I remember is awe as I explored the town of Silent Hill as never before, feeling as if there would always be something more to see and more to find. I remember my shock at the events of the tutorial, my horror as the story was revealed. I remember this game being the beginning of my obsession with Silent Hill. I've always felt the game was a great one, and over the years the general consensus has swung in that direction, but there are still many who were turned off by the technical issues, and there are many who never gave it a chance. I'm here to tell you it deserves that chance. I'm here to explain why Silent Hill Downpour moves me, to tell you about the secret genius of the game which so many have left unexplored, and to hopefully encourage you to reevaluate The Last Silent Hill. Silent Hill Downpour is a game about freedom, but it's not a physical prison we are escaping. Murphy is just as trapped outside of Rial State Prison as he was inside it. The cage is in his mind, and like him, all the characters of Downpour carry guilt and suffering they can't bring themselves to face. Instead, they run in the opposite direction. Murphy and Anne seek revenge instead of accepting the deaths of loved ones. Sater and Ricks act as if nothing's wrong, clinging to old routines. Freedom in this game is a mindset. It is the freedom that comes from reconciliation, from the acceptance of guilt and the release of anger. Two characters represent this mindset, Frank Coleridge, Anne's father, and Charlie, Murphy's son. Both of their names mean freedom. The void, the red light that appears at times in the other world, is the representation of that desire to run. The first time it appears, we hear Frank's voice telling Murphy to run. It's the same voice we'll hear later in flashbacks when Sewell kills Frank. The void is associated with the very act Murphy is trying to escape from. It doesn't matter how far he runs. He needs to change direction. A staircase in the game goes nowhere until Murphy turns around. Entire levels are centered on changing your perspective, changing direction. The entire game is a philosophical discussion of the nature of freedom. It's hinted at in every aspect of the game, including names. J.P. Sater, for instance, may be a reference to the writer and philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre, a man whose work centered on the idea that humankind is condemned to be free. Sartre saw the world as a place lacking in fate or destiny, which means we are left to forge our own paths. It's an idea that fits Sater's character, a man who both references God often, yet also speaks as if he isn't there. He says we're the ones who decide if we can live with what we've done, and that nobody out there gives a damn. Statements that imply that the weight and burden of your guilt is on you alone. The game has an ending called Full Circle, a name which implies Murphy is trapped in Silent Hill, forced to relive the events of the game as he still hasn't let go of his anger. 
The ending is a possibility out of many, each of which is influenced by a hidden score which is officially called karma, named for the Buddhist concept of human actions which have metaphysical consequences based on their morality. Whether or not Murphy leaves the town is based on whether his karma is positive or not. Another Buddhist reference comes in the mines, where lore describes how Chinese miners named an area of the underground Diyu's Tusk Cavern. Diyu is a Chinese underworld, but it's one that's heavily influenced by Buddhism, to the point that its layout and its functions both heavily resemble the Buddhist hells, called Naraka. Diyu literally means earth prison. In Chinese mythology, Diyu is a kind of purgatory meant to house sinners until their inevitable reincarnation. The crime which most commonly would place you in these hells was murder. Buddhist interpretations place a heavy emphasis on karma rather than divine punishment. The hells are a natural consequence of selfish behavior. People are trapped in a cycle of punishment due to their own actions. It is not damnation. No god, no divine force has done this to them, and the only way they'll ever get out is if they redeem themselves. What is it that sets people free from Silent Hill? It's more than just changing your ways. It's accepting what you've already done. In Buddhism, the greatest enemy is ignorance. Unknowing the nature of karma in the world, one acts selfishly and becomes trapped in the cycle of rebirth. In Silent Hill, it is willful ignorance that is the worst sin. Both Seder and Rix display this willingness to blatantly ignore reality. It is ignorance that is the first step into the cycle of samsara or rebirth, and it is ignorance that keeps these people in Silent Hill. There's long been discussions and theories of what Silent Hill is, with many arguing it is a place that punishes the guilty, and many more arguing that this concept of Silent Hill as a conscious entity that punishes takes away from the mystique of the game. Downpour gives the simplest, most convincing argument that allows for the town to be a place the guilty suffer in without requiring a consciousness or a god behind it. There is no agent, no god. It is you that calls you here. All of Murphy's actions in the game play into this cycle, and nearly all of the side quests involve karmic actions. From collecting paintings that were taken by blackmail, to returning stolen goods, to avenging the deaths of a family or returning a dead man's heart, Murphy takes action to set the world to rights. The deeper you dive into this game, the more fascinating and layered it is. The game is huge, giving a sense of scale and grandeur to the horrifying town that no other game has. Exploring it feels like entering another world. Silent Hill Downpour delves into topics of abuse, pedophilia, and police corruption in more intense ways than older games were capable of. There's nothing else like it in the series. There's so much to do, explore, and see. So many ways the cycle might end. So many nightmares waiting in the water below. Ten years ago, Silent Hill Downpour first released on March 13, 2012. Now, for the game's 10th anniversary, and the anniversary of my own relationship with the series, I return to the game I fell in love with. Next month's Silent Hill symbolism will focus on exploring Downpour, its story and symbols, its strengths and flaws, and why so many years later this game still haunts me. Perhaps it's still haunting you. And if it isn't yet, 
Maybe I can change your mind. Trauma is a hell of a thing. It warps us as much as it molds us. It's blood and black and needle scratch screeches at 3 a.m. when the thumping in your ears wraps us tight and suffocates us. And it never, ever goes away. This story doesn't end the way we want all the time. By Anton Kenker. 73 poems of trauma, terror, and the fight to win back control of the self. Wrapped in cracked scabs and pus. Available in ebook and paperback at thedragonsroost.biz or through Amazon, with an introduction written by yours truly.